Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening to this week's podcast episode. I'm excited about a conversation I get to share with all of you that I had with Forrest Anderson, one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge. During Christmas time, people are significantly more open to an invite to come to church service. So Forrest and I chat about Christmas, how to invite someone to church, and why Christmas is a great time to do it. And for those of you who love food, we also talk about what Forrest will be cooking for Christmas dinner. So here's my conversation with Forrest. Well, hi, Forrest. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. What's up, John, man? It's good to be here, hanging out, oh. having fun. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's great to talk to you. I, I'm excited for the chance I get to come back and visit in person, which will be super fun. But I'm not missing you. You guys have any snow yet? Uh, we got a like just flurries nothing stuck on sunday or no saturday it was snowing a little bit and it stuck for like i don't know a half hour and then it started raining We've kind of been right at 35 degree level so it's kind of been more rain than snow. that perfect like snow rain mixture yeah slush it's just slush it makes it everything miserable uh hey though it's the wonderful thing about christmas time in wisconsin you know like how, how often do you guys how often are there like white christmases in wisconsin it's usually pretty much every Christmas is pretty much a white Christmas at some point. Uh, we don't have too many that are, uh, you know, I can't even say like green because it's just like brown or gray. <laughs> if it's not white around <laughs> here, the sun won't peak out for the next three months uh, being up here. But yeah, they're pretty mostly white, usually have been. And uh, the crazy thing, though, is it's going to be like 60 up here on Wednesday or something like that. So oh, really? Maybe this Christmas won't be white. Who knows? Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's warm for December. That's super warm. I mean, I can't complain. Right. So like being in growing up in Seattle, like always kind of not wet Christmases, but sometimes, sometimes you get rain on Christmas, maybe every once in a blue moon, you get a snow on Christmas, Wisconsin, boom, sometime there are white Christmases. I'm like, partially, I'm hoping for a little bit of snow this year being back in Seattle, but you know, what are you going to do? I actually love white Christmases and uh, especially this year, my son. So my uh, oldest son is in high school and so he joined the high school ski team uh so he's in downhill ski season right now he had his first practice yesterday and so they're kind of skiing on slush so even though it's not white around here like the hills make this fake snow called ice you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) they put it they put it on the hill and then it starts to melt like as soon as they put it on the hill and so he was uh asked i was like hey how was skiing it was like slushy 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 but uh, yeah, so hopefully he gets a great first season and gets to be able to get out there ski. We love to ski. My whole family does. So we have a That's blast. Awesome. Well, so speaking of white Christmases, like Christmas in general, are you a Christmas guy? Do you like Christmas? I know we have a couple staff members that, you know, they're not, they're not Christmas people, which is a weird thing to be a not Christmas person in the church. But um, how do you feel about Christmases? Dude, I love Christmas. I actually, I love most holidays in general. And our family is a huge Christmas family. Like, I think it's my wife's favorite time of year. Even my, my youngest is uh, nine. And so she's in grade school and she was just running around yesterday, just talking about how Christmas is her favorite season. She loves Christmas, Christmas carols. We've got one of those like countdown to Christmas calendars that she moves every day. And I think she's got now five different Christmas lists that she's put together for yes. us, uh, you know, for Christmas gifts. She's constantly seeing things and she's getting good though. She's actually 
cutting things out of the newspaper now or the magazines or archives and then putting them on the pieces of paper. But she forgets that the individual pictures don't have the store names. We <laughs> 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 just get this picture of like this random trampoline. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. And you try to go on Amazon and like reverse image search, like, okay, how do I get this thing? But oh yeah, you know, you know me. I'm a tech guy. I reverse image search. You're right. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Asking wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> I still pull up the phone book to figure out what store I go to. What's uh what's a phone book? It's uh this uh, <laughs> when people need a haircut, you sit down when you're little. Oh, okay, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, hey, so yeah, be- I know one of the do you guys have like for Christmas, do you guys have a Christmas tradition like of like church at all growing up or anything like that? Um, I yeah, we did. Um, so my dad on my dad's side of the family, uh, we they grew up uh, pretty churched in the Methodist faith. And um, so every every year my dad grew up in the Madison area, and so every year we'd go to Madison for Christmas Eve. And uh that's when all his family came into town from all the place, actually from Washington, where you're out in family would come in from Washington to hang out and uh, his family from Madison. And we always went to like an 11 o'clock, 10 30, 11 o'clock service. It wasn't quite like that, uh, whatever they, the midnight mass, whatever everybody calls it, but it was a, a late service. We used to go every year. And um, then as the kids got older, like my nieces and nephews would sing in the choir. Um, and it was the church that my dad grew up in. So we actually went back to the church that my dad grew up in um every christmas eve and so that was kind of our tradition uh growing up right now working in a church the tradition is i'm here all day long every day <laughs> during the christmas season uh, oh, so yeah. that's, kind of our, that's kind of our new uh tradition but yeah i mean from a church standpoint we did that um on my dad's side of the family nothing really on my mom's side of the family at all yeah did you guys typically would you guys ever bring people with you or anything like that um, occasionally, like it was more or less whoever was showed up at our Christmas Eve event. And, uh, mm, so it's like, gotcha. like I brought a girlfriend with me or, you know, brought my now wife, Tracy with me or kids, you know, as we got older and we had, you know, I was carting kids along with us, or if anybody had kind of a, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend, that was probably the guests or maybe some people in the neighborhood, um, every once in a while, but not a lot. There wasn't like this idea of you brought, I didn't grow up with this idea of you brought people to church with you, period. Just wasn't mm. something we did. So Forrest, how has, like, how has your perspective about inviting people to church kind of changed over the years? Yeah, I think it, um, you know, I, I know for, I think it changed once I started becoming a follower of Jesus. And I think one of the reasons it's changed is because of, of the way that I think as you grow in your faith, um, it's the way that you look at people. I think um, people mean something different to me now than they did before I was a follower of Jesus. You know, I think I, I, was, I was always a people person and, and thought I loved people, but it wasn't really until um, I became a follower of Jesus and really had a heart for people. What was going on in their lives, man? And the fact of how much God has changed my life and how much being a follower of Jesus has impacted my life um, and the better <laughs> life that I've got now because of that and looking at other people and saying, man, I want the same thing for you. And then also knowing like, I can't do that. Like I'm not the one that could change their life. Now I could do some cool things to help, but God's the one that really has to do that. And so I think coming up to my life and understanding what that was like is um, 
or, or the impact that you can make in somebody else's life um, by just a simple invite. It's huge. How has that changed how you just kind of like talk to people normally? I know that you've mentioned something to that effect previously. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think one of the things that changes is, is, is the way that you listen to them. I think when you're sitting there and, you know, you're sitting there and, you know, a meal with somebody and, and you're listening to their stories, you kind of before it was a follow Jesus, just more or less, Hey, you know, are right, you got that going on in your life? Cool. You know, if, um, you know, if your kid's struggling with that, all right, you know, there's, there's counselors at school for that or, or whatever, you know what right. I mean? Like never really yeah. thought of it as like, okay, it's my problem. That's your problem. And so I think became, becoming a follower of Jesus has really made me an empathetic person. Now, not that I'm the most empathetic person. Before, <laughs> I got sure, a long yeah, way yeah. to go on that one. Yeah, yeah. Before that, man, I was, um, you know, I've always struggled with selfishness and being a selfish person. Mm-hmm. I think you always kind of look at yourself and the way things impact you. You're not always looking at other people. And I think just one of the, the ways that God has changed my life um, has helped me to, to be empathetic and look at other people with this love for them that he has um, that I never really had before. So I think that that really changes the way you have conversations with people. You're actually listening and engaged <laughs> and um, trying to figure out, okay, really what's, what's at the heart of what, what you're struggling with right now? Cause I want to help you. Hmm. The answer might be no, but do you feel like that listening changes how or when you might invite someone to come to church with you? Oh, hundred percent, man. hundred percent. If, if you're not listening to people and if you're not engaging, and I think it's not just listening to people, but I think it's just listening to the environment you're in. I think there's something unique about, okay, not just what are they saying, but what are we experiencing together in that moment? Mm-hmm. And what is God or the Holy Spirit saying to me in that moment? So I think there's more than just listening to that person. It's also listening internally to what's going on in you and then also man like what's the environment you're in and and what's happening in the environment that's around you i think you kind of got to take that all um yeah i gotta take that all in i mean that's that's what you're listening for it's not just listening to the person but it starts with listening to them and hearing what they're actually saying to you for sure is is there anything that like is there like a sign i'll ask you for for both sides so like is there something where someone shares something and you're like okay i need to invite this person versus the opposite where you're like, wow, the uh, invite would be the farthest thing at this current moment, you know, and hopefully we'll get there, but. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing you listen to is openness, right? Okay. So when I'm having a conversation with somebody and let's say um, they're not followers of Jesus, which I, I love hanging out with people that don't go to church. It's one of the things that I love to do. Um, and um, it's just, I don't know, it's a part of who I am. I didn't grow up in the church and I, I like to hang out with people that are like me. Um, and so a lot of my friends and other people that, I, that are, that were like me, at just are, uh, they don't go to church. So when I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm hanging out with them and I'm listening, I think you listen for that opportunity is okay. Were they struggling with some of the bigger pictures of life? Not just saying, okay, you know, today I lost my keys. So I got upset and so-and-so this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of look at for some of like, when are they struggling with like the big picture questions? And when they're struggling with those types of questions, I think it's really easy to say, hey, man, a really cool way to explore what you're struggling with is coming with me to an environment where we can just have conversations about that, Hmm. um, or we could learn about that, or we could learn um, 
or just hear somebody talk to them about that. So I think one of the things you do is you, you, you talk about some of the benefits of the church without mentioning the church, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the benefits of the church is, you know, being in a group of people that are asking the same questions you are. I mean, that's a benefit of the church is the community that you get out of the church. So you can invite them to be a part of the community, not saying that it's necessarily the church yet. I mean, eventually you're going to say, yeah, okay, it's going to be at my church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You've got to get to it. You don't want to like, <laughs> bait and switch them. Yeah, yeah, um, You, you know, don't want like, them arriving on a, on, a, on a Sunday and they're like, wait a minute. I thought we were watching the game. <laughs> yeah. What you want to do is you want to talk to them about what we're experiencing and the benefits of what we're experiencing, not the fact that it's a building called the church. Hmm. Um. And I think that gets at the heart of really what people want. So whether it's, you know, hey, man, I, I listened to a guy the other day speak on what you're just what you're struggling with. And, and he really made some great points that helped me with that. Um, dude, I'd love to share that with you or come come experience with it. And he's talking about week two. Like if you think about, you know, how churches do series, you know, at least our church does, you know, does series. And it could be a series right. on, on hope or anxiety or something that that people really struggle with. And you hear week one of that, and then week two usually builds on that. There's another idea with week two, week three, um, and so on and so forth. And if you hear like week one, and then you're having a conversation with somebody, and you hear that they're struggling with something that maybe that next week's message was going to be about, you're like, hey, man, I, I heard this great speaker, and he talked about this, and I'd love to go with you and do that. And I think, once again, with a person, too, you're not inviting them to something on their own. Again, you're inviting them to do something. Yeah, tell me yeah. about that. Tell me about the... The inviting them with you is that like um so you mentioned like like you said right there you're not having them do it on their own but is there anything you do as they arrive anything like that that like is super helpful oh yeah i think one of the things that i always do well even before they arrive is i always kind of entice them with hey man and then we'll go to lunch afterwards or we'll go do something afterwards so it's not just we're going to this event and that's ending because i want to go to the event and let's let's talk about what we heard and stuff like that too because i want them to um, feel that this is just a part of living life. This is not just yeah. one event you come to. Um, but yes, when they come to the church, man, I want to be outside. Either a couple of different ways you can do it. You can either be outside, depending on how fearful you think they are going to be walking through the building and you get that mm. and you have a conversation. When they mention, when you finally get to the point that you're inviting them to a church, right. you'll see the reaction. And then, you know, okay, maybe they'll talk a little bit about how what their fears, or maybe they won't, but you'll see the reaction. Their reaction is just push away. You want to be outside, you know, or you want to drive, go pick them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you go pick them up, you know, I think that's a great way to do it, but you want to bring them with you to it or wait outside for them. Or if you know that they're going to be okay walking through the doors and like here at our church, we have coffee. So I think, you know, if you know that they're a coffee drinker, go grab a cup of coffee, wait for them at the door, right inside the door, be the first person to greet them, you know, so that they know they're not alone. Um, I think that's one of the biggest keys is you don't want people to feel alone. Yeah. Um, and it's scary and intimidating to walk into a place when you're alone. Um, so how can you make your presence with them known that, hey, I'm in here with you. I'm feeling the same things you are. I am, um, man, I'm a coffee person in the morning and I know you're a coffee person. So let's have <laughs> coffee together yeah, as yeah. we're walking in this door. You know, I know you're a foodie. So after, after services, you know, let's go to this new great restaurant. You want to you know, say, this is not just an event. I'm sending you to get fixed yourself. How are we doing this together? Yeah. I'm hearing you say like two separate, two, I think really important, really cool pieces. And that one is like the whole all encompassing thing. Like, Hey, you're my friend and I'm not just having you come to this thing 
right? But this is a part of my life. I want you like one involved with it. And I think it'd be really impactful for you. Yeah. And two, um, putting yourself in their shoes, like, and for people that have been following Jesus their whole lives, that might be super challenging people that are super comfortable being in a church building. That might be a super challenging thought process. Um, but you almost have to assume in some cases, like play the worst case scenario. Right. Um, cause Oh no, you're too welcoming. Uh Oh, you know, like, uh, but if someone has this mindset of, they think they have all these assumptions about what a church is or a church building is, or what people are going to be like in there. Um, you're putting themselves, you're putting yourself in their shoes, which I think is super valuable. And I mean, definitely changes how we act. Right. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I always think about it as like, okay, you're inviting them to your home and think of your church as your home. And when you invite somebody over to your home, do you just let them knock, let the doorbell go, right? <laughs> never show up at the front door and wait for oh, yeah. them. Or is the door open? You know what I mean? Like if you know it's somebody that's really good, the door open, then you greet them at the door or, you know, you've got, you know, your front area clean, you know what I mean? So they got a place to put their shoes, a place to put their jacket, you know what I mean? Those types of things. When you invite somebody into your home, you're putting yourself in that person's shoes. And it's the same thing when they walk through the building of the church. You know, if there's things that you know that they're going to fear and be awkward with, even inviting them into your church, you could steer them away from those things. You know, if they yeah. know that if there's something that triggers something in them that you've had a conversation with them about. Um, so both on the negative and the positive side, you know, yeah, um, I think it's always putting yourself in their shoes. It's about them. It's yeah. about how God is using you for them. Mm-hmm. It's not about you at them. And you could... You could probably say that about 10 times more as so I can finally get that in my head. It's not about me. Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah. that's that's really good. Does does any of this approach, does any of like the ask, does that change around Christmas? Because I know we got we got Christmas services just coming up. Um so yeah, I think the opportunity at Christmas is just huge. I think this is the time of year when you, you think about think about the world right now, right? I mean, you're you're in, in Seattle, Starbucks. What does Starbucks have on their coffee cups right now? Some sort of Christmas display. Right? I know they I know they went away for what I know they went away from that for a while, but right now they have some sort of Christmas display on it. Everybody's advertising all over the place Christmas, right? On the radio, on TV, you know, toy shopping, you know, gifts, like everything is centered around the idea of Christmas. And it's a Christian holiday. Hmm. So people have this tradition of Christmas and they know about Christmas. They don't necessarily know about every other thing that we do in the church, but they know Christmas and they know, and they typically, even people who are atheists understand the fact that most people go to some sort of church during Christmas. So it's not a huge stretch to get somebody who doesn't go to church normally to walk through a door of a church on Christmas because it's kind of not necessarily an expectation that's been set, but it is a norm, right? It's even a cultural norm in post-Christian societies that during Christmas, things are going to yeah. happen. So this changes, I mean, it's a game changer. It's a huge game changer. It's by far the, the one time of the year that um, people are more willing to walk to the door of a church besides tragedies. And when disasters happen, sure. uh, people do that too. But I think Christmas is the time of year that um, people are so much more open to walk into the door of a church. You know, that kind of makes me think of your last thing that you're talking about with under kind of understanding their perspective um, cause I know that I've been at enough Christmas Eve services to know a lot of people have like their expectation for 
like, okay, this is how I'm going to go through and I'm going to experience it this way or, or whatever. They have their own traditions and sometimes it's trying to go through, um, if any of that makes sense. Uh, but it's like pausing and being like, once again, even this Christmas Eve service that I really like and enjoy is not about me. It's mm-hmm. about this person that I'm bringing with me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great because I think too, you see most churches are designed that way. Mm. Right. So you see, I mean, typical, more of your, you know, modern churches, I should say, are designed sure. that way. They are more guest friendly. And hopefully your churches, whoever's listening to this podcast, hopefully your church is designed that way. I know here at the Ridge, we're designed that way, that our Christmas Eve services are designed to be guest friendly because we know that. We know that we've got maybe one shot, right, for people to walk through our door and and uh, want to come back again. Hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of churches design that way. So I think that also helps as you invite people to church. You know that typically on Christmas, it's not going to be... Um, a church service that's going to push people away. Yeah. Hopefully if your church is doing that right. Right. All right. So super practical question. Yeah. When, when do you invite someone to Christmas Eve? Man, I think it's hard to put a specific win on it. Mm. Um, I think it's obviously after you've already developed a relationship with them. Mm. Um, not saying that just walking up to some person that, randomly and inviting to Christmas Eve service is not going to just um, entice them to go to Christmas services, but mostly it's a small personal invitation. Yeah. Um, that of somebody that, you know, you've already got a relationship with mm. um, that you've already got gained some trust with, you know what I mean? Mm. The first thing you've yeah. got to do is you've got to gain some trust with people before you invite them before they're going to trust saying yes to anything. So I think it's that those people, um, it's who, who's that person in your life that you've already got some trust established with um, that you know needs the hope of Jesus. Hmm. And then when you're sitting there and you're having that conversation with them and you feel that moment where, okay, they're open. Or when you're just, you feel the Holy Spirit just prompting you. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, you don't have to necessarily call them up and do it or be sitting next to them. You could send them a really nice personal text with a digital invitation or something like that, but you've got to, you want to personalize it. If you're going to invite yeah. them, it's got to be personal. Can't be just like a, you know, blanket advertisement sent to them. Like it's gotta be personal. Like, Hey man, love to see you there. Love to be there with you. You know, mm. I know that this is a tough time of the year for you. You're struggling. This is something that's helped me. Once again, how do you attach it to something that's going to happen in their life because of them walking through the door? Mm. I do really like what, what you're saying in terms of like, you're listening for that. You're listening for the opportunity. You're not just kind of like being passive in it. You're listening for the opportunity and openness to that. And you're kind of asking God, Hey God, when is it right? Um, So I think it's easy to kind of just like not invite people because it kind of just like falls into a normal rhythm. But if we're looking for the opportunity and we're asking God, Hey, would you create an opportunity? It kind of changes things. Yeah. I think it's huge. Um, but then, yeah, like, do I, I'm assuming like the more notice, the better, right? Am I off base here? I think that's a good way to think about it. But I think too, it's, you know, the people, right? If you're investing in this person, you know, are they a, a person that needs a month before they can do something? Like I've got a buddy that I'll send a text to and I'll be like, Hey, you want to get together and, and grab a cup of coffee? And you'll be like, yeah, here's 
three days in the next two months I've got available because I've got this hour here, this hour here. (laughs) That person, you know, is not going to be a person you can invite last minute to anything. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the people like me (laughs) who don't necessarily schedule every hour of their life out that you're just like, I'm looking for an opportunity where I can connect with them and then invite him right at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that could be two days beforehand. It could be a couple hours beforehand. Um, But yeah, I think typically you've got to, I mean, it's got to be intentional. Mm-hmm. So you've got to look at that person. I think what you said about asking God is huge, man. You got to pray. Okay, God, open up the opportunity for me to be able to invite this person. Open up the that person's heart so that as you ask, that they're more willing to respond um, and say yes. So I think getting God involved is, is, is where you got to begin. You got to begin with prayer. Um, and then as that's happening, you've got to be intentional about listening and watching for that moment. And you know, those people, you know what they need and um, you know, the timeline that they need, but yeah, don't just try like Christmas Eve itself going, okay, I got to invite somebody. I got to invite somebody and then go start <laughs> randomly texting everybody in your contact list, you know, come to church, come to church, mm-hmm. um, which I think so many people do. Well, it comes back to that whole relational aspect, which I yep. love. Um, great stuff, man. Uh, is there, well, okay. Before I let you go, I have to ask this because because you're my food guy. Um, Christmas Eve dinner, or do you guys do a maybe Christmas dinner? Yeah, baby. What's on your What's on your menu? All right. So my menu is always got to start with roasted meat. Like it's mm. got to be roasted meat of yep, some sort. Love it. So um, I'm done. You're good. Yeah. 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 So and it's usually <laughs> beef. Christmas beef is for us. Although one day I did, one year I did try to cook a goose. I tried to do like that Dickens Christmas where it was like, yeah, yeah. Christmas goose, Christmas goose, and tried to <laughs> cook one of those and completely destroyed it, man. Only time I ever tried to cook oh. a goose and just destroyed it. And we'll never do that again. Um, but yeah, it's usually like, you know, a, a roasted tenderloin or prime rib. Last year I smoked a prime rib. Um, but it's usually, you know, once I've done like a whole New York sirloin, like New York roast, that was good. So usually typically go to is some sort of beef and we do a lot of appetizers. So we do a ton of appetizers and then a nice piece of meat. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be like, last year we had like egg rolls and all sorts of goofy app, like things you wouldn't expect at like- Yeah, what? Like- but tons of, you know, tons of, <laughs> tons of f- finger food and then a nice piece of meat and some sort of salad. You made me want to fly back to Wisconsin just for that dinner, man. You, I love it. Anytime, man. Dinner's <laughs> always open. Dinner's always awesome. open. My door's always open to many people. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Forrest. Really appreciate it. Definitely, man. Well, that was my conversation with Forrest. And Forrest mentioned a couple of really impactful ideas about inviting someone to church. My two favorite are, one, it's not about me. It's about the person that I'm inviting. That's a really powerful, really great reminder. And two... Make the invite more than an event by including lunch afterwards. And if you have any tips for making a Christmas goose, you should send them to Forrest. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast so that you don't miss any hopeful or helpful conversations.